want to give you 10 things that the Holy Spirit gave me about the subject of praying in tongues, praying in the Spirit. Why pray in the Spirit? 10 different things the Lord gave me for you for this morning. So today, Father, we give you thanks. We give you praise. Lord, we thank you for the word. We thank you that you'll speak to us through your written word. And we ask today, Lord, that there'd be clarity. And Lord, there'd be supernatural confidence as well in Jesus' name. And everyone said? Amen. Amen. It says, I'm just going to pick up in verse um, 15. And he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that is baptized will be, he believes and is baptized will be saved. And he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs, it's a Greek word, simeon. These tokens is a better word. These tokens or these signs will what? Follow what? Those who believe. Okay, all right? In my name, they will cast out demons. In my name, they will speak with new tongues, right? They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. And they'll lay hands on the sick and they will recover. And so then after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven, sat down on the right hand of God, and they went out and they preached everywhere, the Lord working with them, confirming the word through the accompanying signs, amen. But in verse 17, it says, and these signs will follow them that believe. Now, I'm, I'm in no means saying this, is that if somebody doesn't speak in tongues, they're not saved. Don't, don't hear me say that. But these are tokens or these are signs that will follow a believer. Come on, right? So these are just signs that will follow a believer. You understand? And, and so these are available to the believer. Let's say it like that. Is that okay? So these are available to the believer in Christ. And uh, just the Lord won't leave me alone on this. So I'm just going to be obedient. Is that all right? So time out. All right? And so Pastor Bob, Pastor Shar, stand up. I want to just uh, pray for them. And I want to prophesy over them uh, what the Lord spoke to me. And you correct me if I'm wrong. All right? But this is what the Holy Ghost said to me. It, what, what year was this church started? 1956. Somewhere in there. Okay. Is it possible 53? Is it? So this is what the Lord said to me this morning when I was praying in the Spirit driving to church. This is what the Lord said to me. Is every 10 years something new has happened in this church? So we could say 53, 63, 73, 83, 93, 2003, 2013, and now it's 2023. And so every single 10 years that the Lord has done a new emphasis within the body. And, and the Lord spoke to me this, is that there'll be a new emphasis of, of uh, the subject of miracles, signs, and wonders. That's what this next decade will, ha will, will yield in your ministry. And that's what the Lord is saying is that the next 10 years are going to be strange signs, wonders, and miracles. And that's what it, the Lord will earmark this next 10 years in World Harvest from. And, and it'll be crazy. It'll be in a service that's not even a healing service and cripples will walk. Yeah. Blind eyes will see in, in a service that's 
uh, just a prayer meeting and, and the deaf will hear. And it'll just be a sign and a wonder of all that you've sown into the spirit. It's now time to reap, the Lord says. The Lord says, now it's time to reap. And so even now, over the next 10 years, you watch that from this time here of April of 2023, uh, is that it'll be an outbreak, just an outbreak of the miraculous. And people that, that don't even believe in God will bring the sick to this house. And the sick will be healed and the blind will, will be, be made whole and the deaf will hear. And, and, and those who are dying will be raised to new life as a testimony of a sign of the kingdom in this house, in the name of Jesus. And Father, I thank you right now for the presence of God that's on them both, that Lord, they've been ordained for revival for this hour. This hour for revival in this, in this state. Lord, you're raising them not just for a normal church, but you've raised them for revival to shake the nation to its very foundation to shake the entire nation from this place that you're gonna to touch the entire country, Lord. Just even as in the last election, every, every eye in the country was looking at Wisconsin. The Lord says, every eye will look at Wisconsin again. Every eye in this country will look at Wisconsin because of what the Lord is doing. And Lord, I think it'll be a, a move of the spirit that will restore pastors back to the ministry. It'll restore the backslider back to God. It'll be a restoration of marriages all over again. It'll be a powerful revival that will touch the hardest of hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, somebody. Woohoo! Yay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> I was going to do that at the end, but whew, man, I read that scripture. I thought it was going to explode out of my heart. So I, I want all of the cell leaders as well. Is it, those are your leaders as well, right? Yeah, and potential cell leaders. Stand up. Just stand up quickly. All right. This is a prophetic declaration. This is a prophetic act. Amen. So the scripture says, Lift up holy hands without, what? Wrath and without doubt. Is that what it says in First Timothy, right? Lift up holy hands without wrath and without what? Doubt. So lift up your hands right now as well. And so, Lord, we just do exactly as the word says. We lift up holy hands without wrath and without doubt. And, Lord, we consecrate these hands, that these hands will lay hands on the sick, that even from this day, that, Lord, you're going to use in the cell groups all over Wisconsin, wherever these cell groups go into, that, Lord, you're going to use them, and the number one sign will come back. It'll be the sick will be healed. Just like the ministry of Jesus. The number one thing in the ministry of Jesus is that of divine healing. And, Lord, I thank you right now. I just prophesy over all these leaders that, Lord, they won't even have to teach on it in their groups, but the sick will be healed every single week. Every single week. Every single week. Not because of their holiness, but because of the goodness of God and because the provision of the cross. And, Lord, we thank you for that now in Jesus' name. And everyone said? Amen. Amen. Woohoo! Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I mean, I thank God for deliverance. You know, how many of you thank God for deliverance, right? 
and, 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 and we believe in deliverance, but let me just say this, is that less than 10% of the ministry of Jesus was deliverance. Hello. 70% of the ministry of Jesus was divine healing. So Jesus did more divine healing than he even taught. Look it up. I mean, you just go through the Gospels, all four Gospels, and you go through the Gospels, you'll see 70% of the ministry of Jesus was all on divine healing. So that ought to be the number one sign. Come on, somebody. Amen? That ought to be our number one thing that we, if, if he emphasized it, come on, you should emphasize it. Is that right? Okay. All right. So back to Mark 16. So Mark 16 says that these signs will follow them that believe, right? And then it goes on to say, in my name, they'll cast out demons. Number two, the second thing is they'll speak with new tongues. So the number one sign, uh, I, the number one thing of, the, of, of speaking in tongues is it's a sign of the new creation, so if you're making notes, write that down. It's a sign. It's a supernatural sign of the new creation because all the other gifts of the Spirit are all over the Old Testament except for tongues and interpretation of tongues. All right? So tongues is a New Testament de uh, demonstration in the new creation. How many of you are a new creation in Christ? Come on, wave at me. Anybody? Okay. So this is ours. Come on, somebody. Amen? So the prophets long for this day, right? Ezekiel, Jeremiah, Isaiah, all of these guys, Zechariah, Zephaniah, all of those guys, all the ayahs. <laughs> Some of you will get that later, right? Okay. So all of these prophets, they all long for this day. So number one, it's a sign. Everyone say it's a sign. Okay. Uh, number two <clears throat> is found over in First um, uh, Corinthians. So go with me to First Corinthians chapter 14. So First Corinthians 14. In First Corinthians 14, verse 4, it says, He that speaks in a tongue edifies who? Himself. Is that right? So he that speaks in an unknown tongue, what? Edifies himself. Now the word edify is a Greek word that means to build up or build a building. That's what it means, to build a building, right? So it's a, that's where we get the word edifice. The edifice comes from edification, building up, amen? So here he says, he that speaks in an unknown tongue, what does he do? He builds up himself, right? In fact, Jude will say it later. We'll read in the, in the book of Jude here shortly. But he says, building up yourselves. Everyone say, build yourself up. So God gives you a revival button on the inside of you to build yourself up. We thank God for the body. We thank God for cells. We thank God, you know, the cell groups and stuff. We thank God for the, 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 the main meetings together like this and stuff. You know, the whole collective body together. We thank God for all of that. Amen? And we get built up, yes. But guess what? Monday morning, you need to build yourself up. Come on, right? When, th when things are going bad or whatever the doctors report or or whatever happens in your finances, or whatever it is, you have to build yourselves up. How? How do I build myself up? By praying in the Holy Ghost. Everyone say, pray in the Holy Ghost. Now, I talked about it a little bit in our book, A Fire That Could Jump the Ocean, but 
you know, the first believers that were baptized in the Holy Spirit in 1901 in Topeka, Kansas, and even all the way to 1906, they all believed that they could not only speak in tongues, but they all believed they could interpret. And they all believed this, is that they could, if you could speak in tongues, now this is gonna rock you, they could write in tongues. So if you go on Google right now and you type in Agnes Osman, she was the first woman baptized in the Holy Spirit, January 1st, 1901. Agnes Osman was baptized in the Holy Spirit, 1901, January 1st, Charles Parham laid hands on her. When she was baptized in the Holy Spirit, she spoke in tongues and sang in tongues for three days, and she wrote in perfect Mandarin Chinese. So if you go on Google right now, you can pull up her, a, a graphic of her writing in perfect Mandarin Chinese <laughs> in 1901. Now the early church, that, that's how the early Pentecostals believed. If you could write in, sing, uh, speak in tongues, you could write in tongues. So I had heard about this, and I had heard about this through a, a prophet in Nigeria and my prophet friend in South Africa. I had heard about it, but I had never done it. And then in 2000, um, oh Lord help me, I think it was 2011. 2011, we were ministering in a church in, in Central Florida. And so while we're in Central Florida, I'm during the, the worship service, I started just singing to the Lord in tongues. And as I was singing in tongues, I had a vision. And I saw myself take a, a whiteboard and put a whiteboard in front of the church. And I saw me write in tongues and then I wrote the interpretation. That's what I saw on the vision. So I turned to the pastor, I said, do you trust me? He goes, yeah, I think so. <laughs> I said, dude, you can trust me, trust me, all right. So he gets a whiteboard for me, he sets it up and I went and I grabbed a magic marker and exactly what I saw on the vision, I wrote it out. And I wrote out in another language and underneath it, I wrote the interpretation. And I wrote, walk in love. And when I wrote those words, the power of God hit the place and everyone starts weeping uncontrollably. And people started jumping up and hugging on each other. I thought, this is the weirdest thing ever. I mean, we've had weird meetings before, but this is weird, you know? And so I'm like, what is going on? You know, and the pastor, people are coming up to him and hugging him and, and everyone's turning and hugging and bawling on each other and stuff. And so I turned to the associate pastor. I said, what the heck is going on? And he said, when you wrote walk in love, the interpretation of that tongue, he said, what you didn't know is, is we had a church split a year ago and they all came to just get healed tonight in your meeting. And they were sitting in the back of the church. And when you wrote walk in love, the power of God hit them and they came and started repenting back to the leadership of all of the church. Come on. Would you put that up there? So dim the lights a second. This is it right here. This is what I wrote exactly. That's exactly the, someone took a photo of it and that's what I wrote in, in tongues. <laughs> I don't know what language that is, but that's what I saw on the vision. And that's what I wrote underneath it. And that's what happened to the church. Come on. Is that awesome, huh? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So let me deal with the elephant in the room about speaking in tongues. Because many of our evangelical friends, they struggle with this so much. 
And because they don't realize that Paul was a rabbi, and so Paul taught like Jesus, like a rabbi, and they always, rabbis always taught in twos. Is that right? They always taught in twos. So Jesus would teach and he would say the sheep and the goats. He would say the light and the darkness, right? He would say the wheat and the tares, right? And so, I mean, you know, elder brother, younger brother. I mean, that's very typical rabbinical teaching. You understand? Paul does the same thing. Because Paul, coming from uh, uh, a rabbinical teaching background, that's what Paul does. So 1 Corinthians chapter 14, Paul talks about two different kinds of tongues. Now, I'm going to kind of share with you exactly how the Lord helped me to explain it. So the Lord began to explain it to me like this, is that there's a difference between vertical tongues and horizontal tongues. Okay, so this is the elephant in the room because this is the number one thing you start talking about tongues. I mean, I'm telling you, the evangelical world freaks out. You know, they'll sing, oh, for a thousand tongues to sing, but if you have one more tongue, they're gonna have a... I don't know what they do with a thousand of them. I mean, they would just have a double conniption, you understand? So, because they think that every time they're speaking in tongues, that's the gift of tongues. That's not the gift of tongues. The gift of the Holy Spirit, Acts chapter two, verse uh, uh, 38, he says, repent, be baptized, every one of you, and receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So when they receive the Holy Spirit, the manifestation of that was they would speak in tongues, or we say, pray in tongues, or pray in the Spirit, which is vertical tongues. Now, if I'm speaking to God in vertical tongues, Acts chapter two, 120 of them spoke in tongues and there was no interpretation. Now that's the verse that absolutely freaks out our evangelical friends. Why? There's no interpretation because God understands how many languages? Oh, so he doesn't need a interpretation. Ah, look at that, huh? See? So in other words, so when you pray in tongues to God, he doesn't need the interpretation, vertical tongue. Horizontal tongue is the gift of tongues, man to man. Then Paul said, now there needs to be an interpretation. Otherwise, let him be quiet in the church. Is that right? So if I speak a message to you in tongues, just like I wrote a message in tongues, I wrote the interpretation of that tongue. Come on, amen? So vertical tongues, horizontal tongues, amen? So that, that kind of helps kind of fill in the blanks there. All right, so number two is it builds you up. Number three, uh, 1 Corinthians 14, verse two. He that speaks in an unknown tongue does not speak to men but to God, for no one understands him. However, in the Spirit, he what? He speaks mysteries, or in the Amplified, it says he speaks divine secrets. So number three is, the third reason about speaking in tongues is you pray divine secrets. Everyone say divine secrets. So when you pray in tongues, you are literally praying a divine secret from heaven. So if you can't figure out something, there's been many times where I have prayed in tongues and I knew I was speaking the answer to the problem that I was dealing with. Come on, right? And, and we'll get into that in a little bit here. But, but so as you pray in tongues, this is why the devil fights you with tongues more than anything else. You ever notice that? You go and you say, I'm gonna pray in tongues for whatever, X amount of time. 
and all of a sudden, everything comes around and tries to divert you. Is that right? And I remember, because I went to Bible school in Tulsa, I went to Kenneth Hagin's Bible school, and so he told us a story that he said to the Lord, I think it was like 1945, if I remember the story right. He said uh, that the Lord challenged him to pray in tongues for one hour. So he said, I'm going to go over to the church and I'm going to get in the altar and I'm going to pray in tongues for one hour. And he said, and he goes, I prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed. And he said, and I looked at my watch. It had been 10 minutes. <laughs> Holy cow, I thought I prayed an hour already, you know. And he said, and all these distractions hitting my mind and stuff like bombardments. And he said, I said out loud, devil, if you don't stop distracting me, I'm going to double it. And then he told us that he said, the more he prayed in tongues, the more the distractions came. So he said, all right, devil, now I'm going to double it. Now I'm going to pray another hour in tongues. So I'm going to pray two full hours in tongues. So he said, I muscled through the first hour, was getting toward the end of the second hour, and all this bombardment of thoughts, same thing happened. So he said, all right, devil, if you don't stop, I'm going to double it again, and I'll pray two more hours in tongues. So... He said, sure enough, all of this bombardment of thoughts kept coming to him. And so he said, I went and I said, all right, I'm going to double it. And so then he said, I'm, I'm going to pray a full four hours in tongues, right? So he said, I got into the third hour, the fourth hour. He said, this bombardment of thoughts just kept on. So he said, all right, devil, I'm going to double it again. I'm going to make it another four hours now. So a total of eight hours straight in tongues. And so he said, as I got over into the seventh hour of praying in tongues, he said, the room split in half and Jesus Christ walked out and walked right up to him. And he said, and for 45 minutes, he started to tell me about all the things that were going to come onto the earth and take place. And he said, I just wept and wept and wept and wept in his presence for 45 minutes as the Lord began to speak to me about the coming healing revival in the 1940s and stuff like that and showed him how he was going to resign his church and he was going to be a, an evangelist, blah, 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 and all this different stuff. And, 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 and it was an amazing thing, but it all took place when he was praying in tongues. Come on. Why? Because you're praying what? Divine secrets. Everyone say divine secrets. So this is why the enemy constantly wants to get you off of praying in tongues. I remember years ago, uh, we used to live in Florida. And uh, in 2016, we moved back to the Twin Cities where we grew up. Listen, it's got to be the Holy Ghost to leave Fort Lauderdale for Minneapolis. All right, let me just, you don't do that voluntarily, you understand? Especially this winter, all right? So, but... Um, in fact, when I met Charlie and those guys, they only knew me from Florida. But um, anyways, long story short. So while we were in Florida, uh, one day I was walking my dog. It was in the winter and I was walking my dog and it was a little rainstorm and stuff. But I'm walking my dog in the rain and I just said, Lord, I'm just going to spend this time praying in the spirit. So I started walking and praying in tongues. I was just walking and walking this dog and praying in tongues. And as I was, all of a sudden, the Spirit of God spoke to me. I was almost done with the walk, and the Spirit of God came on me, and the Spirit of the Lord said this, you need to discipline your prayer life. Now, I know nobody in Wisconsin needs to discipline themselves, so praise the Lord for that. Just us Minnesota people need it, but anyways, how many of you need a little bit of discipline? Anybody? 
Okay, so, so this is what the Lord said to me back in 2000. Uh, this was in 2014. So 2014, this is what he said. He said, you need to discipline your prayer life. He said, I want you to break your prayer time up in five different things. He said, number one, the first part of it, divide it up where you pray in tongues first. Then he said, number two, I want you to pray for yourself. Then he said, three, I want you to pray for others. Then he said, four, I want you to pray over your finances. And then he said, number five, I want you to prophesy or decree or declare what am I gonna do in your day or in your life that week? Come on, somebody. Amen? So that's what he said. So he said, if you break it up, you know, in other words, if you do, uh, you know, 15 minutes of all five of them, you've prayed more than an hour, you understand? So, um, so that, that, that kind of helped me, but it was interesting that he said that to me about praying in tongues, and he said this. He said, because when you pray in tongues, how many of you remember those old television sets with the rabbit ears? They would almost reach the heavens. Remember that? And the young people can't, can't appreciate it, like how we dealt, dealt with it. How, how many of you remember putting tinfoil on those things? Remember that? We'd put an old boot on it if it would work, you know? And, and uh, I, I, that was just crazy. Yeah, anyways. But that's what happens when you pray in tongues. It's like your spiritual antennas are going up. The longer you pray in the spirit, the more your spiritual sensitivity gets. Why? Because you're praying divine secrets, right? So number four is you pray, uh, excuse me, number three is you pray divine secrets. Number four is you pray the, the, the will of God. Romans chapter eight, verse 26. You can go there if you want. Romans eight. 26 says this. Likewise, the Spirit also helps our weaknesses, for we do not know how to, uh, what we should pray for as we ought. It doesn't say we don't know how to pray. It says we don't know how to pray as we ought. Is that right? But the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings that can't be uttered, right? So in other words, as you're praying in the Spirit, you are literally praying the will of God. So number four is you are praying the will of God as you pray in the Spirit, amen? Number five. Uh, is over in Jude, second to the last book of the Bible. I know I'm giving you a lot of scriptures. But Jude, verse 20. <laughs> There's only one. <laughs> Whatever one you want, brother. All right. So Jude, verse 20. But you, beloved, building yourselves up. That's what I said earlier, right? Building yourselves up or edifying yourself, one version says. Building yourselves up on what? Your most holy faith by what? Praying in the Holy Spirit. Is that right? Then he says in verse 21, you keep yourselves in the love of God. Ah, so this is a dualistic thing. When you pray in the Spirit, what are you doing? You're building yourself up and you're keeping yourself in love. <laughs> Come on, right? So how many of you got some sandpaper people around you? They just rub you raw. Come on, some <laughs> don't look so holy, all right? <laughs> right? But, and so what do we do? When we pray in the Spirit, what does it do? It keeps you in the love of God. 
It keeps you in the love of God. What does it do? It builds you up. At the same time, it's keeping you in the love of God. The more you begin to pray in the Spirit, the more it begins to do that, all right? So it, it builds you up, but it also keeps you in the love of God and keeps the love of God flowing in your life. Amen. Um, that's number five, I said, right? Four, sorry. No, four is you keep you keep praying, uh, uh, keeps you praying God's will. Number five, it keeps you in the love of God. Number five is it keeps you in the love of God. Number six, it triggers other spiritual gifts. This is why the devil fights tongues more than anything else. It is the doorknob to the realm of the spirit. <laughs> Come on, right? So as you pray in tongues, it's like it's an opening of the door to the other spiritual gifts. Amen? So why? Because like I said last night, you're learning the art of yielding to the Spirit. So Ezekiel has a, a vision in Ezekiel 47. In Ezekiel 47, the Scripture says, and the man measured out a thousand cubits, and it was up to my ankles. Uh, he was in a river, right? How many of you remember that, Right? So Ezekiel 47, he said it was up to the ankles. Then it says, and he measured again. And, and he went out again until it came up to his knees, right? Then it says, and he measured again until it came up to his waist, right? And then he says, and he measured again until it was a river that I could not cross. Is that right? So praying in tongues is ankle deep water. I'll say that again. Praying in tongues is ankle-deep water. Why? You're still in control. Now, I grew up real close to the St. Croix River, uh, just on the Minnesota side, and growing up on the St. Croix River, if you get out in that river very far, you know, you get out ankle-deep, you're still in control. You understand? Even knee-deep, you're still pretty much in control. But once it gets to your waist, brother, you're in trouble. <laughs> right? You're losing control. And so that's what the Spirit of God is wanting you to do, is to lose control, right? He's wanting you to stop being a control freak. <laughs> no, I just, <laughs> all right. So what are you doing? You're learning the art of yielding to that presence of God, right? So, so number five is it triggers other spiritual gifts. Number six is over in Isaiah 28. Oh, that was six. Jesus, help me. Okay, one, two, three, four, five. Trigger spiritual gifts, yeah. Number seven is in uh, Isaiah. Sorry, Isaiah chapter 28. So Isaiah 28, verse 11 says, for with stammering lips and another tongue. Everyone say another tongue. It says, and another tongue will he speak to this people. And then he says, to whom he said, this is the rest for with you will cause the weary to rest. And this is the refreshing. Everyone say refreshing. So number, what are we on? Seven is it brings rest and refreshing. Praying in the Spirit causes rest and refreshing. The greater we, we, we start to pray in the Spirit, it it, it not only triggers other spiritual gifts, but it also brings a refreshing of the Lord. That's why often the longer periods you pray in tongues, you'll find yourself laughing in the spirit. 
You read the old timers books, you read Amy Simple McPherson and you read all of these old timers books and they will talk about extended times of praying in tongues. They would talk about all night prayer meetings where they prayed in tongues until the joy hit. You look it up. They would call it a note of victory or the joy would hit and they would just start laughing hysterically in the spirit, okay? So, um, so it's, a ref it's a rest, it's a refreshing. Everyone say rest and refreshing. Okay, number eight. Um, there's been a lot of scientific, uh, as of recent, there's been a lot of scientific uh, uh, research on praying in tongues. So when you pray in tongues, scientists have proven 30 minutes of praying in tongues washes your brain of damage. Literally, the brain begins to wash itself, and there's a washing. And they've noticed that there's no activity in the brain when you pray in tongues. Literally, the brain activity stops, so it's coming from somewhere else. Come on. It's coming from your spirit, man. I said it's coming from your spirit, man. Amen? So it's not coming from your brain. It's coming from your spirit, man, using your physical mouth. That's all it's doing. Amen? But at the same time, the longer period you pray in the spirit, what is happening? The Lord begins to heal the brain. Now, there's several things that will heal the brain. And many people don't know this about joy and laughter. It, doctors have proven that five minutes of laughter will heal all brain scars on your brain. Any scarring on your brain, five minutes of laughing, will heal all brain scars on your brain. Any damage, any bruising, or any kind of thing like that uh, that you've ever had in your life, five minutes of laughter. The, the average child laughs almost 200 times a day. The average adult is less than 15 times a day. And that's why Jesus said, you must be as a child ah right and so that's what the holy spirit was doing last night some people you know some people get all wigged out i don't want to do it and you know and if it's in if it's not in the spirit i don't want to do it and stuff i, I don't want to be in the flesh hey you brushed your teeth in the flesh and we're all thankful <laughs> you combed your hair in the flesh and you were okay with it come on somebody you put your pants on in the flesh hello come on somebody right so there's a lot of things we do in the flesh that aren't necessarily bad. Hello, is that right? And so, uh, now I'm not advocating, you know, making up stuff and stuff like that. But what I'm saying is, is let's put it in perspective. You understand? Is, listen, the devil's not making people do that. People come up with these stupid new teachings of the kundalini spirit and all that crap. It's all bunk and baloney. We don't get our doctrine from Hinduism. I said, we don't get our doctrine from Hinduism. Because Jesus said this. Jesus is still the head of the church the last I checked. Jesus said, if you ask the Father for bread, will he give you a snake or a scorpion? So how can you get a kundalini spirit if you're asking for the joy of the Lord? I mean, how dumb can you get and still breathe, amen? I mean, that's just stupid. Number nine, when you pray in the spirit, it quiets your mind. Your mind gets quiet. All of us, our minds are racing. I mean, the moment you wake up. That's why God will speak to most of, most of us in our dreams. 
Because he says, finally, she shut up. <laughs> or he shut up, finally. Angels are like, holy cow, I didn't think he was ever going to shut up. Now I can talk to him, you know? And, and so finally, when the, the, the flesh is quiet the, and the, the soul man is quiet, now the spirit man, is, he never sleeps. So your spirit man is still communicating to God. That's why you have dreams. That's what a dream is. A dream is a nighttime parable. A dream is a nighttime parable. And so what happens is when you pray in tongues, it does the same thing to, yours, to you, to your flesh, that happens when you go to sleep is your mind gets quiet. It quiets the mind. Greater times of just praying in the spirit. I remember I was powerfully touched through the, the Smithton revival in 1996 down in, in Missouri and an amazing revival. And they would have late night prayer meetings where they would just pray in tongues for hours and hours and hours. And I had some of the most amazing experiences in God, just praying in tongues, just praying in the Holy Ghost. I mean, I could tell you of one after another after another. I could tell you of experiences in God. I could tell you of, of uh, uh, you know, uh, visions and all kinds of different things where the Lord started to show me different things in our ministry and our lives and stuff, uh, whether it was there or other different places. I I'm telling you, we got to get back to that again as a church. Got to get back to all-night prayer meetings. Come on, right? Get back to all-night prayer meetings again. Why? Because it, it, what does it do? Is it quiets your mind. It quiets your mind. The more you pray in tongues, the quieter your mind gets. And number 10 is over in 1 Corinthians 14. And I was going to try to get you out before the Lutherans, but they're already at the restaurant. <laughs> so, sorry about that. <laughs> so 1 Corinthians 14, verse 1 says, Pursue love. Desire spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. He that speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. For no one understands him. However, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. But he who prophesies speaks edification, exhortation, and comfort to men. He that speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. Now go all the way uh, down to verse 6. It says, but now, brethren, if I come to you, what? Speaking what? In with tongues, what shall I profit you unless I speak to you other by, now he, he lists four different kinds of tongues here. By revelation, by knowledge, by prophesying, or by teaching. So he names four different kinds of tongues right there in one verse. He says, what shall I profit you unless I, prof unless I do one of these four different kinds of way of speaking in tongues to you? So in other words, these are four different ones. I'm not even going to tell you what they are. How about you like that right there, all right? So you got to find out yourself. All right, so verse 13 says, therefore, let him who speaks in a tongue pray that he may interpret. For if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prays. What prays? What prays? What prays? Ah, your spirit prays, okay? But my understanding, he says, is what? Unfruitful. Then he says, what is the conclusion then? I will pray with the spirit. I will pray with the understanding. I will sing with the spirit. I will sing with the understanding. So here's my story. So 1987, I was a young pastor in, in New Jersey. 
I was there almost six years. Those were the years of the tribulation. Let me just tell you right now. Okay, I lived through the tribulation. It's New Jersey. <laughs> I already lived through the tribulation. <laughs> so, um, so uh, in 1987, I, I, I started in the ministry working for Jim Baker at PTL. And so I used to work for Jim and Tammy at, at, for about nine months. They, they had gone to North Central. She's a Minnesota girl. And so it's a long story. I had a connection there through North Central Bible College. And so I went to go work at like a teen challenge that they had. And then from there, I became, I met someone who became a youth pastor in New Jersey and, and an associate pastor. So 1987, um, about once a month as the associate pastor, I would preach in the main service. So it was my Sunday to preach. But let me back up. Two and a half weeks before, God challenged me to just take one or two scriptures and write it on a recipe card. How many of you know those little recipe cards, right? I, that's what I call them. And so now we have sticky notes, but back then we didn't. And so just to write a scripture out, put it all over my house, and just meditate on one or two verses for two weeks, right? So for two weeks, before I was going to preach, this is what's the challenge that the Lord gave me. Okay, so for two and a half weeks, I just picked two verses. I just kind of grabbed the Bible, flipped it open. My finger fell on verse 14 and 15. So, right, where it says, you know, I will pray with the Spirit, right? And so I read those verses every single day for about 17 days. So... That Sunday morning was a winter Sunday morning in New Jersey. Now, it's not like Minnesota and Wisconsin, winter, but it was cold. And I get a call from the senior pastor, and the senior pastor says to me, he says, Tom, I need you to go pick up people to bring to church. Um, the guy who does that, he kind of just left town, didn't appoint anyone else. So I... God in the flesh. I know none of you Wisconsin people have ever been in the flesh, praise the Lord. So, but I got in the flesh. How many of you ever been in the flesh? Okay, some of you aren't gonna raise your hands no matter what I say, so. I went and I said, oh man, I was so irritated with the pastor that morning. I'm like, I gotta preach this morning. And he goes, well, you gotta go pick them up. You gotta go get the people. So I get myself ready. It's early Sunday morning. And I get, go out to the church van. I have to scrape it off, right? And it's probably about 10 degrees above zero. And so the steering wheel's freezing. Everything's cold. I'm grumbling. I'm in a rotten mood. And I've got a bad attitude. How many of you, how many of you can identify a little bit? Okay. Oh, praise God. I feel so much better. So here I am in this rotten mood. And I drive, I finally get the thing warmed up and I drive to the first house to pick people up for church. And I honk the horn of the church bus. And as I do, this guy comes running out and his hair's all crazy and he's in his boxer shorts. He goes, I overslept. He said, the family will be ready. Just give us 15 more minutes. Brother, I was already in the flesh. Now I went nuclear flesh. Okay, so now I'm sitting in the church bus and I'm irritated and I'm irritated with God because I've been crying out to the Lord to hear his voice 
And not only did I cry out to the Lord to hear his voice, but I, I know I have to preach that morning. I have to teach Sunday school. I have all these responsibilities. Plus, I'm waiting for this guy, and he's late to church. You understand? So as I'm sitting there, I, and I said, God, I'm irritated with the pastor. I'm irritated with this guy. And I said, Lord, I'm irritated with you because you don't speak to me. And I hear in my head that scripture, 1 Corinthians 14, 14, and 15. And I'm like, I know what that says. I have read it for the last 17 days. So I go and I, I grab my little Gideon Bible in my pocket and I pull out my Bible and I said, all right, I'll just read it to you, God. Like he's never read it before, you know. <laughs> and I said, for if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. What is the conclusion then? I will pray with the spirit. I will pray with the understanding. And God speaks. God says, stop. That is a pattern of prayer. And I said, what? He said, that is a pattern of prayer where you pray in the spirit and you pray back to your natural mind the interpretation. Where so you pray in tongues to God and you pray the interpretation back to yourself. So number 10 is, of all of these here that I've given you this morning, number 10 is praying in tongues will open your ears for spiritual hearing. And so this is what God spoke to me and this is what inspired our book on hearing God's voice is about praying in tongues and interpreting it. Now, I didn't grow up in the Holy Ghost Church. I knew nothing of the Holy Ghost Church, nothing. I mean, everything I learned, I had to learn by the Spirit almost, almost everything. So I just said, all right, Lord, if this is you, then I'm just gonna pick somebody at random. You're telling me I can just pray in tongues, interpret it, and it'll be a word from God to them. Because I read verse 15, it says, I will. It doesn't say, I feel. Selah. It says, I will. Everyone say, I will. Just like you willed to brush your teeth. You didn't say, you know what? I'm not feeling led this week. <laughs> no, you willed to do that this morning. Is that right? Everyone say, I willed it. Okay, so you willed to do something. The same thing is true with you can will to pray in the spirit. You can will to pray the interpretation back to your mind. So how do you pray in tongues? You do it by faith. So how would you pray the interpretation? By faith. So sitting there in the church van, I said, okay, I'm gonna pray for the pastor's kids. I had to go get their pastor's kids. They were at a youth camp. That evening, I had to go pick the pastor's kids up. So I went and I prayed in tongues for the boy. I don't remember what the Lord showed me, but I prayed in tongues for the girl, the 15-year-old girl. I prayed in tongues, and all of a sudden, as I'm praying in tongues, I have a picture in my mind, and I see the girl on a roller coaster stuck in the bottom, and she can't get out. And then I interpreted aloud to my mind, the first thought that popped into my head was... This girl is stuck in her spiritual life and she'll never get out unless she does these three things. So I wrote it down and the day goes on and stuff and we have church and everything else. And so that evening I pick the kids up and they get in the car and they're just testifying all the great things God did. And I thought, I missed it. Surely I miss God, right? 
So I went and I said, well, I was praying for you kids. And the Lord spoke to me and I tell the boy, he's about 17 and he just starts weeping. I forget what it was I told him. I was blown away. And then I said to the girl who was in the back seat, I said to the girl, I said to Lisa, I said, the Lord showed me you and I saw you on a roller coaster stuck in the bottom. And I mean, this girl exploded crying, hysterically bawling her eyes out. And I said, what? And she said, I sat on the edge of my bed this morning at the youth camp. And I said, God, I feel like I'm stuck in the bottom of a roller coaster and I can't get out. Exactly what I saw. Come on, somebody. And I realized I was on to something. And I began to start to do this. 1987, 1988, 1989. 1991, I was pastoring in California. And we had Billy Brim. Some of you know Billy Brim. So she's a great woman of God. Her great-grandmother was one of the very first people in America baptized in the Holy Spirit, 1901. And so I tell Billy this story. And she starts laughing. I said, what's so funny? Now, I'm taking her to a Kenneth Hagin meeting in San Francisco. And so I'm driving her to the meeting, and I said, what's so funny? She goes, you ever heard of Kenneth Hagin? I'm like, uh, yeah. <laughs> and she said, that's how he built his entire ministry, praying in tongues and interpreting it in his prayer life. She said, you ever heard of John G. Lake? How many of you ever heard of John G. Lake? I said, I said yes. She said, that's how John G. Lake did everything. That's where he got all of his teaching and revelation was by praying in tongues and interpreting it. And she named one after another. Some of you won't know him, but Larry Lee. She said, you ever heard of Larry Lee? And then she named several other guys. She said, have you ever heard of Paul Youngie Cho? I said, of course. And she named them one after another. And guess what the commonality was? They all prayed in tongues and interpreted it every day of their lives. And this is what I've done since 1987, and I've shared this, but this is one of the top ways that I hear God's voice, is just by praying in tongues and interpreting it. We were over in Chicago. We did a Vineyard Pastors Conference, and it, it was uh, for, the, for the Latin uh, world, basically, is what it was. And so all these pastors were, were Latino pastors. Half of them couldn't speak English at all. And so... I went in, and the one night I just, the Holy Ghost just said, just line them up, lay hands on everybody. So I laid hands on everybody, and I come to this young lady, and as soon as I laid hands on her, I'm praying in tongues. I didn't even know it, but I just interpreted it. Just because I do it so much, I didn't even know I was interpreting it. And I said to her, I said, the Lord is restoring your kidneys that were taken out. I mean, she screamed at the top of her lungs. She just had major surgery two weeks before, and she was on dialysis all the time because they took her kidneys out. But she went, and I, I laid hands on her, and they took her home, and she went back to the doctor, and the doctor said, we got to do another test because you have brand-new kidneys. <laughs> and I took them out. <laughs> But how did that happen? That took place through me beginning to pray in the Spirit and interpreting it. Pray in the Spirit and interpret it. Can you help me on the keyboard? Right? Pray in the Spirit and interpret it. This is one of the number one ways I always hear from God. All the time. All the time. I could tell you of one place after another. I was praying in tongues in a service in Minnesota. During COVID, we had a revival breakout. <laughs> 
Can you believe God would actually have a revival breakout during government lockdown? <laughs> we refuse to call it COVID. We call it government lockdown. That's what we call it. <laughs> right? So, <clears throat> so we went and we were ministering at this church. It was supposed to be three days and we ended up being there seven and a half weeks. <laughs> and so, <clears throat> and the one night I was praying in tongues and I was just laying hands on people. And this real tall lady in the service, and I went and I laid hands on her. And I said, you have a broken spine. And she said, I do, in three places. And so I went and I just laid hands on her. No big fanfare. And I said, take that back, brace off, and the Lord is healing you now. So she goes, well, it'll take several minutes. And I go, well, I got the microphone. No one's going anywhere. So... They had to get, you know, Allen wrenches. And you know, I mean, it looked like she was having an oil change at the end there. So, so they're unhooking her and stuff. And we're peeling all of this stuff off of her. And I said, touch your toes as fast as you can. And she bent over, touched her toes, stood up, tears running down her face, totally healed of a broken spine. Come on. Amen. But how did that happen? It took place by revelation. <clears throat> took place by revelation. How did that take place? It was because I was praying in the spirit. I said, by praying in the spirit. Now there's a thousand things I could have shared with you here this weekend. But yesterday was, as I was driving here, I was praying in tongues. I was like, Lord, I'm going to preach this message on miracles, signs, and wonders. I'm so excited. And I start praying in tongues and the Lord says, no, you're not. You're going to minister on the power of praying in tongues and the 10, the 10 things that praying in tongues does. And I saw the service, and I saw the service, and I saw me standing here, and I saw me preaching and teaching to you on praying in tongues. That's how this whole message came. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Amen? And so what does pastor say? As we had that, those words of knowledge, people came up, the Lord touched them and stuff like that. What does he say? Now you get ready the next hour. The Lord is going to fill in the blanks and he's going to minister to you. And Right? Didn't he just say that? That was prophetically what he was saying was exactly what God already told me. Then our brother gets up to take the offering. What does he start talking about? Praying in tongues. <laughs> How many of you think I heard from heaven? Come on, Amen. So the Lord wants to provoke us. He wants to provoke us in praying in tongues. Amen. I believe in soaking. Yes, I believe in soaking. But the Bible talks more about praying in tongues than it does soaking and waiting on the Lord. I'll just say it one more time if I didn't offend you the first time. The Bible talks more about praying in the Spirit than it does about just waiting on the Lord. So if the Bible majors on tongues, what should we do? We should major on praying in tongues. Is that right? Now, I, do I believe in, in waiting on the Lord? Yes. Did we wait on the Lord last night? Yes. Did the Lord manifest? Yes. But there's something about praying in tongues. Listen, praying in the Holy Ghost, some of you are going to pray. Your prayers of praying in tongues will outlive you. Literally, your prayer will outlive you because you'll be praying generations away. So in 2010, 
This is the last part of what I saw in the vision as I was driving yesterday. I didn't know when I was going to share this, but okay. Jesus, help me not to cry. So 2010, <clears throat> I had a dream, the most amazing dream of my life. I had a little revival breakout in Canada in, in 2006, and we were there for 13 months in one church. And God just moved in power, and it was crazy, and signs and wonders, and the glory of God fell in that place. And so we still get a lot of invitations to Canada because of that revival. So 2010, excuse me, 2000, 2009, that's what it was. 2009, we went back to go minister in another church. And the last night, I went, and I was getting ready to, to get on a plane the next day and fly back home to Florida and I had the most amazing dream of my night, my life <clears throat> and so in this dream I'm in a giant like a soccer stadium it looked like a soccer it looked like about a hundred soccer stadiums on top of each other and literally the bleachers went until you couldn't even see the sun that's, I mean, it just, they just kept going and going. It was literally miles long. And I knew in the dream, it was heaven. And everyone in the bleachers were the dead saints who have gone before us. And I knew that. And so in the dream, I'm standing on the edge, I'm standing on the field. And my mother-in-law, she's a few steps behind me. And she's got one foot on the field and one foot off. And as she, she is there, and I, I, I look back at my mother-in-law, and as I look at my mother-in-law, my wife goes running, and she goes running down the field. And she ran so fast that I literally felt the wind of her presence, my wife's presence, running. I mean, I felt her run. I was like, holy cow, that woman can run. I was like, man, I didn't know she could run that fast. I was blown away, you know? And as she starts running, all of a sudden, the crowd behind me, it was almost like, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> it's like I feel it every time. <laughs> it's like I felt the crowd behind me was almost like um, a wave, the, did the wave, sorry. as they cheered it was like <clears throat> the cheers went through my body <laughs> and I was almost knocked over and as I was almost knocked over by the cheers of the crowd I looked over my mother-in-law <clears throat> as I'm looking at her I look at my mother-in-law and over my mother-in-law's shoulder I could see the stands and it was generations of her family in heaven. And as it went, I knew it was, you know, siblings. I knew it was parents, grandparents, great-grandparents, and on. And several rows up, <clears throat> I, I saw this man, and he had a funny hat on. It wasn't even, <laughs> it wasn't even on completely, <laughs> you know. And it was just like barely on him. And he smiled. 
he smiled. So my, my wife is mostly Russian and German and whatever it is from Eastern Europe. And uh, he smiles as the crowd is cheering. And, and the farther she ran, the more they cheered. And I looked at my mother-in-law. My mother-in-law said, I wish I could cry, but I can't because it's heaven. And phew, all of a sudden, I'm sucked back into my bed. And I go, I'm back into my body and my whole body is shaking uncontrollably and my whole bed is completely soaked. The, the hotel bed uh, pillow is soaked with uh, tears. And I couldn't even feel my physical body as I came back. But as I'm coming back, I could hear an old song, most of you will never know it, but from the 70s from a group called America. And it's just called Ventura Highway. And so some of you know that song. It's just a song about life is all it is. But as I'm coming back into my body, I can hear that song playing. And I'm back into my body. And all of a sudden I'm in my body and I, I can't move. I can't speak. I'm just overwhelmed by the presence of God. But the thing that shocked me the most was how close heaven was. And I realized that when we pray in the Holy Ghost... It's as if we temporarily step over there and they can see us clear and they can see us running the race. As you pray in the spirit, I don't know who this is for here this morning. I don't even know why I'm telling that story. I, I never tell that story. It's a holy thing to me. I never tell that story. But this is for somebody today. Your relatives that have gone before you, they're cheering for you. John G. Lake can't lay hands on one more sick person. Marie Woodworth Etter can't win one more soul. Wigglesworth can't cast out one more demon. Come on, somebody. You're on the field. I said, you're on the field. I said, you're on the field. And all they can do is cheer. And all they can do is watch. And all Wigglesworth and Lake and Kuhlman and all of them can do, Moody, Billy Sunday, all they can do is watch and say, if I could just do it one more time, if I could win one more soul, if I could pray one more time on earth and touch one more person, come on somebody. Because once you get over there, all you can do is cheer those on down here. Come on somebody, amen. I don't know who I'm speaking to here this morning, but I'm telling you, the Lord is provoking us and he's saying to all of us, you're on the field. You're on the field. You have the ball. It's your time. It's your turn. It's your time to cast out demons. It's your time to heal the sick. It's your time to win souls. It's your time to make disciples. There'll be time to cheer from that side. But now you're on the field. Come on, somebody. Amen. So now realize this, that all your family and all your friends right now are watching you. They watch every time. They cheer every time. Every soul you win, every Bible study or every cell group you put together, they're cheering. They're like, man, I wish I could do it one more time. I wish I could do it with them. I wish I could be there with them. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, just lift your hands right now. Just lift your hands. Father, thank you right now for the presence of God. People's grandparents are cheering on the other side, watching everything.
Heaven is closer than we know. Heaven is closer than we realize. And the greater we begin to pray in the spirit, the more your spiritual antennas go up. I just hear the Holy Ghost say that. The more you pray in the spirit, the more your spiritual antennas go up. Thus saith the Lord. It's time to pray in the Holy Ghost and reach up into the realm of the heavens. Hallelujah. Blessed be the Lord. Blessed be the Lord. Blessed be the Lord. Blessed be the Lord. Come on, let's just pray in the Holy Ghost. Come on right now. Come on, just pray in your heavenly language. Come on. Come on, stretch your prayer language right now. If you've never been filled with the Spirit, the Lord will activate you right now in your seat. Right now in your seat. Right now, open your mouth. Be filled with the Holy Ghost. Come on, open your mouth. Come on, just speak to heaven right now. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Oh, for a thousand tongues to sing. Lord, today, touch your people. Touch people. Come on, stir your spirit man up. Don't be embarrassed of the Holy Ghost. Just go for it. What will people think? Most people don't think, so nothing to worry about. Come on, let's just take the next two, three minutes. Just stretch your spirit, man. Stretch your spirit, man. Stretch your spirit, man. Start to pray in tongues for your family right now. Come on, right now. Some of you pray in the Holy Ghost right now for your family, right now. The Lord is going to show you things right now. Show you things right now going on with your kids, with your husband, with your wife, with your friends. Come on, right now, just pray in the Holy Ghost right now, right now. Lord, fill people right now this morning in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we worship you. We bless you, Jesus. We give you thanks, Father. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for the glory of God. Now, now listen, there's someone here this morning. The Lord wants to bring you healing right now. You have, uh, uh, what do they call that? Sacker, uh, what do they call that in your lower back? Yeah, sciatica. You have a sciatica pain, and the Lord wants to heal you. Who is that? Quickly. Is that you, brother? Come, come right now. God wants to heal you. Yeah, come. There's two women as well. You have the same thing. Quickly come. Come, just stand here. I'm telling you, sure as my name is Tom. Two women. One, two. Come. 
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Now, there's someone here this morning. Just as of recently, in the last month, you've been having a lot of dizzy spells out of nowhere. And the Lord wants to heal you of that this morning. Right now, if that's you, quickly raise your hand. Quickly. If it's that you, come, brother. A lot of dizzy spells. Come, my friend. Come. Thank you, Father. Give you thanks. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Thank you, Heavenly Father. <laughs> Glory to God. <laughs> Woo, man, I tell that story. It happens to me every time. Jesus, help me. I'm like so drunk in the spirit, I don't even know what I'm doing. Ay, ay, ay. Somebody else as well. You have these dizzy spells? Even come, listen, there's someone you get migraines and it comes with a dizzy spell. Quickly come. Migraines and then boom, the dizzy spell. It's an electrical system problem in your brain, I'm telling you. And the Lord will heal you this morning. Come. Yeah, come, my friends. Come. Thank you, Jesus. Blessed be the Lord. Now, there's someone else. Now, I understand this could be very broad, so I'm going to try to narrow it down as much as I can. There's someone that you have ringing in your ear, but listen, it's behind you. The sound is always behind you, a ringing that it sounds like it's behind you. Who is that? Quickly. It's a ringing. Yeah, come, my sis. It's like a ringing, and it almost sounds like it's behind you. Yeah, praise God. Thank you, Father. Blessed be the Lord. There's a woman here. <laughs> God, why do you give me the weird things? I get these weird ones. Okay. There's a woman here that you have a condition that your sister has the exact same condition. Is that you? No, not you. Oh, okay. Who is that this morning? Your sister has the exact same condition. Yeah, come. Praise God. And lastly, there's someone here this morning. You have an esophagus problem where when you swallow, it almost feels like you're going to choke on everything. And the Lord wants to heal you of that this morning. To swallow, like you eat something, and as soon as you go to swallow, it feels almost like you're going to choke. Yeah, come, my sis. Praise God. Ooh, you're so serious. Yours is in your back. Uh, yeah, yours is in your back. Yeah, yeah. And you? Yours, your shoulders are off. Did the doctor say that you're back? You have a, a short leg? I just have a feeling with you. Can you grab my Bible? Just sit right there. Just sit right there. I'm going to let you.
right leg growing. Yep, go back. Swelling in his hip. I command it to go down. Lower back. There it comes. Okay. Be healed in Jesus' name. All that pain in his tailbone. All the swelling in his mind. Don't lift him. I got him. Yeah, thank you. Jesus' name. Hips be healed. Back be healed. Pressure on his spine be healed in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for healing right now. All the pressure will go. You'll feel the physical difference today. His back and his ribs, all of the issues. now a little bit more even now praise the lord now listen in this help me 19 1980 i broke my neck i had a broken neck 1980 broke my neck in uh in a wrestling accident in western minnesota now i i wasn't even thinking about it when i was praying for him the lord showed me that there's someone here you did some major damage to your neck the lord wants to heal you come right now. Come, my friend. Praise God. Everybody pointed at you. How did everybody know that? <laughs> Half the crowd was like, <laughs> like that. Yeah. Okay. So put your hands wherever the, the issue was, if it was your throat or whatever. And so we're just going to pray one general prayer, wherever the pain was, if it was in your head. All right, whatever. So we just take authority over it right now in the name of Jesus. I command to create a miracle in your body. Could I get some catchers? In Jesus' name, I just take authority over all pain and weakness. Command you be healed in Jesus' name. Pain and weakness, go right now. Be healed in Jesus' name. Right now, electrical system, be healed in Jesus' name. Issue, be healed in Jesus' name. Be healed right now. All the buzzing, all of that stuff, go right now in Jesus' name. Be healed. Be healed in the name of Jesus. Back pain, go right now. Set you free. Be healed right now in the name of the Lord Jesus. Be healed. The Lord Jesus heals you this morning. The Lord Jesus heals you. I bring you healing this morning. I bring you healing this morning. Bring, be healed right now. Shoulder, all that pain, all of it to be healed in Jesus' name. All the rest of the back pain go. Inflammation in his spine right now. I command it to be healed right now in Jesus' name. Be healed. Even that part of his head, I command the dizziness to go. All of it be healed in Jesus' name right now. I command you to be healed in the name of Jesus. Be healed in Jesus' name. Be healed in Jesus' name. Right now, I take authority over that. Electrical system, right now, be healed in Jesus' name. Command to create a miracle right through there in Jesus' name. Be healed. Be healed right now. All of those issues, even the nausea, will not come back in Jesus' name. Be healed right now. Be healed in Jesus' name. Be healed. I set you free right now. Be healed in Jesus' name. The Lord Jesus heals you now. The Lord Jesus heals you now. The Lord Jesus heals you now. Whew, be healed. Be healed in Jesus' name. Be healed right now in your throat. Right now, the esophagus, be healed. All of that right now in the name of Jesus. All those issues, be healed this morning. Thank you, Father, right now for healing now this morning. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now, if you need healing for anything else, don't come down here, but just stand up right where you are. Quickly, quickly, just stand up. Just stand up. If you need healing for anything else, all right? 
I want to pray for your brother over here. I'm going to come. I'm going to pray for him. Okay. But anyone else around the other people, I want you to go lay hands on them right now. Go ahead. Go minister healing to them right now in Jesus' name. Quickly, go find someone that's standing and just lay hands on them right now. Be healed in Jesus' name. We just take authority over it. Come on, just pray in the Holy Ghost right now. Pray in the Holy Ghost right now. It's your weapon this morning. Come on, just pray in the Spirit for them right now. Be healed, be healed, be healed. Be healed, be healed, be healed. Right now, be healed right now of all those issues right now. In Jesus' name. Lord, thank you right now for touching them. Thank you, Lord, for healing them. Thank you, Lord, for restoring them. Thank you, Lord, for healing their marriage right now. All that depression right now, go right now in Jesus' name. Lord, fill them with joy. Let them be drunk in the Holy Ghost this morning. Thank you, Lord. Time for joy in the house of the Lord. It's time for joy in the house of the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for joy, joy, joy. Right now in these last 30 seconds, come on, just pray the joy of the Lord on him right now. Come on, just speak the joy of the Lord. Father, I pray the joy of the Lord on you right now. Come on, just say it right now. Open your mouth. You decree it. You're the woman of God. You're the man of God. Come on, just pray right now into them. The joy of the Lord. Fill them. Fill them with joy. The Bible says we're going to go out with joy. So we're not going to go out with depression. We're not going to go out with soberness or sadness. We're going to go out with joy. So right now, in Jesus' name, thank you for joy, joy, joy. In the name of Jesus, thank you for joy. Thank you for joy. Thank you for joy. Thank you for the joy of the Lord. Thank you for the joy of the Lord. Thank you for the joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord will bring you healing. The joy of the Lord will fix your marriage. The joy of the Lord will stop your husband from being a pain in the neck. Heck, the joy of the Lord may even make you not be a Viking fan. How about that, huh? Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap. Come on, give him praise. Amen. Praise the Lord. Everyone say, Lord, I want more joy.